With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the Beeson Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino, and Mike Pritchard, our Beeson NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick, and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Gentlemen, how are we doing today on this Friday? Doing Rancho. good? He was great at Rancho. <laughs> People don't <laughs> talk enough about Rancho High School. I, I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, rodeo starts uh, yeah. tonight. A lot of folks in town. A lot, of folks, lot town. of folks for that. We just came off a heck of a weekend of, uh, of college and pro football. Uh, another upset on Thursday night. Um, yeah. We'll find out tomorrow at 6 o'clock Pacific just how many Pittsburgh people got eliminated last night. Mm. There were 14 out of the 30 survivors had him eligible. Can't say till we announce all the picks, but obviously some portion of Survivor got eliminated. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here we go for a, for another big weekend. Yeah, you know, staying power. I guess that's the name of the game right now uh, in the NFL. Uh, who has it? Who doesn't? Uh, who can hang on? I mean, teams, so many teams in AFC wants to back up. They want to back up. It feels that way anyway, so it could be intriguing. Yeah, no, it's really intriguing this time of year. The scenarios and all that stuff that's going on with the playoff races, as we saw last night. We do have a fun show on deck for you guys for a couple of hours here. Michael Calabrese, college football analyst over at the Action Network, will be joining us in hour number two, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. We'll talk some college football with him. Maybe get some early bold thoughts. See what he has on Army-Navy coming up tomorrow afternoon. But let's talk about what we saw last night. I'm not sure what the bigger upset was. Mm-hmm. The game going over the total or the Patriots winning outright? But the Patriots do win outright 21-18 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have now lost back-to-back games at home as near touchdown favorites. Uh, not a good look here for Mike Tomlin and this team that's trying to make the playoffs. Trubisky last night I thought was a disaster with what he was doing, especially in that first half. And kudos to Bailey Zappi. 240 passing yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. But the Patriots uh, looked as alive as we've seen them offensively for quite some time. I thought it was shocking that they were able to drive the ball down the field. And, yeah. You know, um, um, it seemed like there might have been a, a change in philosophy of play calling uh, for the Patriots. They were more aggressive, tried to stretch the field, but they looked halfway decent. I mean, this was a team that just got shot out at home by the Chargers, mm-hmm. a team that got shot out at home by the Saints, a team mm-hmm. that scored three points in Dallas. Um, 
I'm not surprised it got over 30. I mean, Mike, you, you never even dreamed of a total of 30 no. when you played in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I'm a, it, hey, the rules it, are different, Mike. It's hard, yeah. <laughs> it's, the rules it's, are different. It's hard to stay, uh, it's hard to stay under, but uh, I mean, this is back-to-back -back losses to two-win teams yeah. for, for Tomlin and the Steelers, and the crowd turned quickly on Mitch Trubisky last night. I think they turned on our organization. I think they turned on yeah. Tomlin, too. Okay. Uh, I mean... Uh, that was a poorly coached game. Uh, Tomlin needs to take more accountability, more responsibility for what happened out there. Seems like he doesn't want to. Seems like he's kind of distancing himself from that. But the, the struggles offensively for Pittsburgh are real. They have been real all year. Uh, when you're at home, certainly, uh, and you're not really scoring a lot of points. Uh, they haven't been scoring a lot of points. I mean, you could factor in, what, two touchdowns tops for the Steelers. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, take points when you have a chance. You know, they went for it on fourth down with a struggling offense. It cost them after a turnover. Uh, and then I, I just think when Belichick and that defense is playing soft coverage and yet you're, you're running your receivers deep enough to run into coverage, that's a problem offensively. How are you not implementing the quick game? How are you not getting the ball out of Trubisky's hands quickly? Just take the decision process away from a quarterback that's struggling. Uh, just say, look, this guy's going to be wide open five yards from the line of scrimmage. Doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the route. But yet Pittsburgh did not do that. And, and they got away from who they are again, uh, which is indicative of a team searching for themselves and the answers and trick plays inside the red zone with the tight end. I mean, that's stupid. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I just think I, I think from a betting standpoint, be more critical on these coaches. It is easy to coach in the National Football League if you have the players, right? I mean, if you are loaded with a roster, if you are loaded with talent, uh, I don't care what coach you are, to be honest with you. Um, because a lot of times coaches get in the way. You, you gotta, as an offensive coordinator, you gotta let your best players make plays right now. It, it, it's not about your scheme. It's not about you thinking that your scheme is the next best thing since sliced bread. It's not. Uh, because teams have caught up to your scheme. Your scheme. Teams have caught up to your tendencies. But what they haven't caught up to is your mismatches uh, and your best players. And Pittsburgh, they don't, they don't feature their best players in a way that they should. Are their best players good enough? Oh, yeah. I mean, Pickens. Skill players good enough? Yeah, I think so. Pickens, Firemuth, um, uh, take your pick, running back. I mean, uh, it, it's just a creativity or a lack thereof. I, I think it factors back on the coaching staff. Uh, and the fact that they can't get out of uh, whatever they're meeting about, like our, our scheme, hey, there we go. But but you can get you can get into trouble, and when you think that your scheme is going to get you out of trouble this late in the season, would you say the opposite side of that argument, or to what you were talking about, was Monday night with Cincinnati and Jake Browning? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I was on primetime uh, with Tim, and and um, I said, look, you know, Jake Browning, you know, he's not. Joe Burrow, right? We get that. But if you surround him with the type of playmakers he has, now they're true to who, who they are and their identity. And I think T. Higgins coming back, he's the number one receiver on a lot of other teams. Um, you can elevate that position. Uh, quarterback is the most dependent position on the field. Have to have the offensive line. You have to have the running back understand protection. And you have to have the receivers getting open. Uh, or the quarterback uh, is doo-doo, really. I mean, uh, but you can you can – elevate a quarterback that is not the caliber of an elite quarterback with elite players around him. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, we're talking about Jalen Warren. I mean, he touched the ball 11 times in that game. George Pickens, five catches for 19 yards. Like, Pickens is a big play kind of right. a guy. To only have five catches for 19 yards, that kind of speaks to the scheme there. And 
when you talk about this scheme, because this scheme has overgone some some changes mm-hmm. because they went ahead and had their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, he was fired. Now they have the new OCs in there calling the plays. Do you think that you still see the problems that we saw with Canada or can you attribute a little bit of last night to obviously the quarterback being Mitch Trubisky and not Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I mean, I think Trubisky is reluctant to throw the ball in there, right? He's reluctant to to thread the needle, right? Uh, and that that's the tendency thing. And that's what you know. That's the book on Trubisky. Um, but as a coordinator, as a coaching staff, you also have to understand that. So how can I change that or how can I be different? Um, should I should I still run the same stuff that they prepared for all week? Or should I move guys around, be creative with formations and personnel? Uh, I think that can help out and throw off a defense. And therefore, OK, you know, Trubisky, we, we know that you're reluctant to do certain things. You don't have to. We're, we're not going to ask you to do that. Right. But I, I think a lot of times. And you can see it down the stretch here in the National Football League when quarterback play is so poor uh, and god awful right now that these coaches that are trying to win games from the sidelines, they get themselves in trouble more times than than they should. Uh, And I think you can take advantage of that as better. Yeah, I mean, half the AFC is starting backup quarterbacks. (laughs) Right. <laughs> right now and it's 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 pretty unprecedented what we've seen from a QB injury situation all throughout this year from a Pittsburgh standpoint in terms of making the playoffs they fall to seven and six with this loss over at DraftKings the yes on them to make the playoffs is now plus 180 the no minus 220s pretty much telling you highly unlikely they make it was last night kind of the nail in the coffin for the Steelers chances to make the postseason yes for me the answer is a simple one yes draw, draw a line through them what happened to Trubisky he took two Bears teams to the playoffs has he regressed to this point? Well, you know what? It's fascinating because I think when players regress, you wonder why, all right? Um, lack of confidence or something. Like if I'm a receiver and all of a sudden I stop dropping, start dropping a football, then it, there's something going on up here. There's something where I'm not as confident as I once was. But I think when you're a starter like that and now you're a backup, you're not focused like you once were. I, you know, I think Trubisky... Uh, he probably says the right things and does the right things in the week of practice, but he's a backup, right? Uh, he's no longer the franchise quarterback or thought of to be a franchise quarterback. And uh, so there's there's some things and some some cloudiness that you got to work through as a player with that. So I, I think if you are if you know you're a backup, like Gardner Gard Minshew, we were talking about him pre-show. Yeah, he knows that he's a backup and he's going out there and he has no care in the world. Uh, and he's playing free. Am I, am I going to make a ton of mistakes? Yeah, but you know what? The expectations aren't that high on me, right? Could the same be said about Zach Wilson in terms of the loss of confidence and the just kind of not as dialed in as he might have been when he was the face of the franchise, quote unquote? Yeah, there's more layers with that to me, Femi, because <laughs> he, he's a guy that lacks accountability. Like, I don't know if Zach Wilson has it upon himself to become better or to turn himself into a better player. That's the problem. Like, he's got everything you would want in a quarterback from an arm talent standpoint, the size, uh, the athletics, uh, the athleticism, all this stuff. But he's not getting better. Uh, and that's on him. That's not on a scheme. That's on a coaching staff. That's not on a team. Right. It doesn't matter if he went to a different situation. If we went to San Francisco. Uh, he would probably still stink because hmm. he doesn't have it unless somebody out there can help him unlock what he needs to unlock. What's the attitude in that locker room knowing and we're assuming, but 
I think all the signs are there. Oh yeah. Especially Rogers calling for no more leaks <laughs> that he did not want to be a starter again and said, no, you, you demoted me. I don't want to play anymore. Right. It's accountability well, I mean, for, for the I, rest I of the team. I have, well, <laughs> how do you want to play with that guy? I, I, or you don't, but for himself, Femi, look, the only way you make money in this league <laughs> is if you're on the field playing yeah. Yeah. and you're going to tell me you don't want to go out there and play <laughs> because what you, you got some bad feelings for towards the organization. I mean, what the hell is that? Right. It's in his for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just tells you more about the entitlement uh, of certain players that, you know, I, I'm good. I don't need to go out there and I don't need to prove myself. What are you talking about? Go back out there, you know, but it's entitlement. And, and, and the fact that coaches don't recognize it, it that, that's what gets them fired. Uh, when you have the Drew Locks of the world and, you know, or, or the Zach Wilsons of the world and all these people, all these other quarterbacks that feel entitled or, or any other position or any other sport for that matter. When you, when you see entitlement, run away from it. Well, for the New York Jets, they tried to run away from it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it came back full circle when uh, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles opening night. We'll get more into that story as well as the rest of the NFL headlines on the other side, just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Mike Pritchard, Mike Palm, Femi Abebefe here in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas, the place to be for the National Basketball Association. The IST in-season tournament semifinals last night. We saw the Pacers, Elliott's Pacers go ahead and beat the Bucks, and then the Lakers beat the brakes off of the New Orleans Pelicans last night. So where now we have Lakers Pacers tomorrow night at T-Mobile. You guys going to the game? No. 
You're not going to go? I would. Well, if it was in my backyard, I wouldn't open the curtains. I put it. <laughs> well, I put it but the JVT, good. Wow. I spent three hours with JVT last Saturday because he switched mm-hmm. with Ben because his son had a game. So I got to talk basketball for a while. And he's got me a little bit interested. And I have to admit, I bet the game yesterday while we were, were, in, were on air with Tim Murray. And I went under 259 and a half, five minutes in. And I bet the second half over. So I had a middle. I needed... I needed the Bucks to make that three at the end. I know they were fouling, <laughs> yeah. but I, I but I got there on the middle. I actually thought it was good. Wes Reynolds so excited for his pace. He is. Um, yeah, they play defense because they're playing for half a million right, dollars. Right, right. They're playing defense. Guys are motivated. They're fouling down ten. I mean, NBA game, you're down five with eighteen seconds. They just walk off the court. So right. who cares? Yeah. And 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 it's good for Las Vegas because the Lakers. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, the big thing yeah. for Las and, Vegas. And like, soon to be the yeah. Las Vegas Pelicans, maybe. <laughs> they're in town too. <laughs> no, not soon to be. But um, I, I normally don't bet the NBA until after Christmas. <laughs> but yeah. the the this end season tournament is kind of intriguing, though, right? It's kind of yeah. forcing you, not forcing you but getting you interested uh, in the fact that they are playing better basketball than typically around this time. It's like after Christmas, a mechanism goes off for these NBA players. And it's certainly after the all-star game, uh, they really get serious. But no, this championship game uh, is intriguing. I don't know if I'll bet it though. Yeah, I mean, it's kudos to Adam Silver, the commissioner. Uh, and right now we're just looking at the market. The Lakers four point favorites total at 240. But huh. it's a pacer game, so I guess it has to be that high. I'm intrigued by the new rule they <clears throat> came up with in this tournament. These loose ball timeouts where you can call timeout when the ball is. Rolling. <laughs> what if you could do that in football once a game? Sure. Follow the quarterback. If yeah. you get the white flag out and hits the ground before clear recovery, <laughs> you keep the ball. Right. Pucks loose in yeah. front of the net. Hockey, you throw it out on the. I mean, so the, the loose yeah. ball Henry, timeout. Henry Kissinger's doing a good job here with the end. Hey, we, we had to get Vegas's team to Vegas. So for a, for a moment, did you think that Belichick was trying to tank when that guy jumped off sides on the punt? I mean, come on. I mean, that was, that was a rough offside. <laughs> but they didn't call it, though. No. They didn't call it, but that was rough. It's like, dude. Also, that was, I thought that was kind of a rough punt. I, I would, if yeah. I was Tomlin, yeah. I don't even send the punt unit out. Like, we're going for this. Yeah. Yeah. They only had yeah. one timeout left. It's like, we got to go. We, like, we're not going to get the ball the back. Points. He wouldn't take wouldn't the points. He wouldn't take the points either. I couldn't but, believe they went there. At I know. the end of the quarter, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe they went there. Why won't you make it a one-score game? I have a whole quarter to go. <laughs> it was a very desperate <laughs> Sure. Desperate move. Or coach. Here's other, one other thing before we get yep. away from the NBA. I hear all these pundits. This would mean so much for LeBron. This would mean so much for KD to win this in-season title. Legacy. What are you talking about? <laughs> How about for the guys at the bottom of the salary scale and the rookie? Wouldn't this 500000 yeah. mean more to them? Absolutely. I mean, well, that's sure. serious. Well, what yeah. they're telling you is that Michael Jordan never won the in-season tournament. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Here we go. Here we that's go. what they're saying. That's what, that's what they're telling you. MJ never did it. Magic never did it. Bird never did it. I think LeBron's out there playing. Bill Russell, Bill Russell never. Yeah. Never did never. it. 11 yeah. rings, zero in-season tournament cups. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a good line. It's the facts. That's funny. Uh, but no, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, we're the playing line. her, but we're, we're fighting oh, there. Maybe, nah, the, maybe the day cool's kicking in now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mike Tomlin, though, the last couple of weeks, probably played himself out of the Coach of the Year running. Out of the Hall we'll of Fame? Did he play himself no. out of the Hall of Fame? He's still in the Hall. Is he? My Hall of Fame, at least. Is he a Hall of Fame coach? He's working on it. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's working he's on it. He's not in yet. I don't think so. He's working on it. Okay. No, no losing season in 16, 17 well, years? Well, one Super Bowl. Maybe one, one coming up. One Super, um, Bowl. one Super Bowl. Two Super Bowl appearances, though. He's working on it. Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh, he would it's be, debatable. He would be there for me. 
Okay. At what point though? Because Mike Shanahan supposedly is going to get in. This Shanahan year, right? should he should yeah. already be he should have been in. I don't know what yeah, I don't know yeah. what the yeah. weight is. For, yeah. Like I mean, everybody's copying his offense. Right. I mean, like that that alone should tell you that he should be in. Yeah. But. And if he wins another title with San Francisco, well, with <laughs> he's definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A third Super Bowl championship oh, yeah. yep. for Mike Shanahan as a head coach. Well, he's got one with McVay. <laughs> he does. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> they're all running his <laughs> offense. They're all running it. So hey, they put him in there just like just like Eric Coriel, Don Coriel. Like put it, they put him in. Put Shanahan in. Mike Holmgren also another one. He needs yeah. to be in the like, What oh, yeah. are we doing? Uh, but coach of the year right now. Uh, I think that this is an interesting market, just where we sit, because it feels a little bit wide open uh, as we head into Week 14. The favorite in the market, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. You have D'Amico Ryan sitting at plus 250, Mike McDaniel plus 450, Shane Steichen plus 500, and then after that, a drop off down to Matt Lafleur and Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin O'Connell at 20 to one, Sean Payton 22 to one, Doug Peterson at 20. 5 to 1 but right now I don't know if Dan Campbell should be the favorite in fact I think it probably should be D'Amico Ryans based on what the Houston Texans have done through 12 games they got a much better price on D'Amico a couple weeks ago you could have um See, to me, and so this is my perspective versus voters' perspectives, doesn't mm-hmm. it have to do with your preseason expectations? Yep. I mean, so if, if that's the case, D'Amico's obviously the winner. Their win total was four and a half, mm-hmm. right? He would be an obvious choice. If Steichen somehow gets this team to the playoffs, you have to consider him. I mean, that's a really good case. No one's really talking about the Colts. That was a heck of a finish. I, I picked that game up in like the fourth quarter in Tennessee. Yeah. That was an amazing game, and Tennessee misses the extra point and leaves them in the game. Tennessee gets the ball first. You think they're going to go score. Steichen, and then I don't know that Peyton's out of it at 22 to 1, just as how bad they were at the beginning mm-hmm. if they make the playoffs. But to me, they're alternate choices to what I think clearly should be like an even money choice right now, D'Amico Rides. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I, mean, I had a ticket on Zach Taylor when Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl, but Vrabel mm-hmm. won. Yeah. I remember you said this, uh, yeah. Femi, because you were tracking it. Uh, what people were saying, the narrative was like he's doing more with less. With all the injuries the Titans right, had that year. Right. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the parameters are for Coach of the Year, right? Because what Zach Taylor was doing with that with that team was incredible. But but that, that vote is before the playoffs. It, it is. Yep. It is. So but they, they were on their way, them though. And that three turnover game yeah. on their way to the Super Bowl. Right. right? And, yeah. And, and yeah, but they were on their way. You yeah. can see, I mean, yeah. They, they were yeah. setting records that yeah. year as an offense with Burrow and those guys. But um D'Amico is doing more with nothing, <laughs> really, if you think about it, right? I mean, they hit it out the park with C.J. Stroud and I think Stingley starting to play. So their draft, uh, the, the defensive end from uh, Alabama that they Will drafted. Will Anderson. So, yeah, Will Anderson. So their front office is coming together, and now they got the right coach. Because uh, they mm-hmm. looked. Well, they didn't really look. They just selected people. Uh, but they finally uh, looked, and then they found the right guy for the job now. And uh, he's on his way to winning coach of the year. I, I mean, Shane Steichen is is incredible, what he's doing and, and what that team is capable of right now. If I knew what the criteria was, I mean, how do you deny Kyle Shanahan, though? What he's doing with making that team. I know he's got a great roster, right? He's lost mm-hmm. three games. It's a college football got, argument now. Yeah. Three games. <laughs> Can't make Can't, the playoffs. It's a three-loss team. But yeah. he's made mystery Can't relevant. He's made and helped mystery relevant become an MVP candidate. I mean, that mm-hmm. to me is coaching. That is coaching, right? Yeah. Um, that is creating an offense in which it doesn't matter what you're trying to stop. You can't. 
The Mr. Irrelevant narrative is a false narrative. It I could mean, be. the guy started 48 games at Iowa State. Were, right? you, were you impressed with him at Iowa State? No. <laughs> he got benched during <laughs> yeah. the Iowa game. Exactly. Like, they pulled him out during the Iowa game. I, 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 I didn't think he got better from his freshman year to his senior. <laughs> right. I was like, what is this guy? Right. 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 But he's now an MVP candidate. But, right. but you go from Dan Campbell to Kyle Shanahan, too, to your argument. That, that's a big upgrade, I think. Yeah, you, you yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you put Kyle coaching. Matt Campbell, yeah. yeah. Matt, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Matt Campbell. Yeah, Matt, no, yeah. I'm not yeah. a Matt Campbell guy yeah. at all. Yeah. I, no, but, <laughs> but, but Kyle's not going to win. About, yeah, I'm Kyle's not, not going to win. I get that. But, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't not. bet that. Yeah, no, he's not, not. But I'm just saying from a coaching standpoint, that I mean, he's would, done a hell of a job. Would you bet D'Amico at plus 275 right now? No, I, I like D'Amico after they beat Sensi. I was talking to Gil on his show about Was it still like 706 to 1 then? It was up there. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, the only thing that oh, my only hang up with D'Amico is that I wonder if because Stroud is going to win offensive rookie of the year, like that's already done. Mm. Will Anderson's been coming on as of late to where like I think he actually might pose a legit challenger to Jalen Carter for defensive rookie of the year. Are the Houston Texans going to get three awards? Like, and it seems silly to think about it that way, but I do think the voters kind of like like to spread the wealth and tell the story of the season with how they vote. I don't know if Houston would win three, and I think honestly. Of the three Texans, like, award candidates, I think D'Amico is probably the one that's the most, like, on shaky ground just because I think Anderson can ch chase down Jalen Carter and Stroud pretty much already has Offensive Rookie of the Year wrapped up. Do the same people vote for all awards in the yeah. NFL? And it's like 50 people, 50 people right? Yeah. Exactly. Not 830. F 50 like the of uh, <laughs> not the brightest bulbs, but hey, they're, they're also voters. Like, I, I do make, wonder, I'm like, are they going to yeah. give three awards to a team that goes, like, 10 and 7? You make a case for LaFleur. I think a case is out there to be made. Yeah. If they run the table. I think Lafleur's playoff failures will haunt him still in people. Okay. Good. Right? Like he's, even they make the playoffs, he hasn't proven anything to them because of the disappointments of previous years. I do think Steichen at plus 500, if they make the playoffs with Minshew, that's a really, really strong case because yeah. he's putting that thing together with duct tape. All right, we'll get back to the marquee matchups to start hour number two of the Lombardi line. Now here's your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. Hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings network. You can go ahead and view us on Samsung TV, Zumo Play, Roku, wherever you want to go ahead and see the Lombardi line in motion picture. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm here, the VP of operations at the Circa Resort and Casino. Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first round pick to the Atlanta Falcons and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes back in the early 90s. 90s. And gentlemen, we were talking about some NFL football in hour number one. So let's continue and kick off hour number two with some NFL football, starting with Sunday night football. Massive game in the NFC East, massive game for NFC home field advantage implications and also MVP implications as well as the Philadelphia Eagles travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys right now. Three and a half is the spread. The Cowboys favored 52 the total here. I have a play on this game, but I want to get your guys thoughts on what you think might happen Sunday night football. I think there'll be points on both sides. I thought Dallas uh, was the better team in Philadelphia in week one. Um, or well, not week one, but in their first meeting yep. and couldn't get it done. They, they So many self-inflicted wounds in that game. Uh, there was a million things they could have done different to win the game. 
Um, the Eagles are still in this gauntlet stretch, which we used as an argument against them last week to lay two and a half. Mm-hmm. And you sort of saw the last three quarters of that game. You've seen them get dominated in a way you haven't seen yep. in two years against the best team in football, albeit said. I don't know that I can convince myself to take three and a half with the Eagles. I think this game plays 31, 28, 31, 24. I like the over in, in this matchup. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, you would think about these two defenses or familiarity. Um, would you really go for an overplay, right? But um, no, I, I think the Eagles, they're tinkering. Like mm. they had to win streak. Um, they had home field advantage. They still do. Uh, from that standpoint, but they they're tinkering like offensively. Um, can they go toe to toe with the with the lead offenses? Can they outscore teams? Right. And they, they have Kansas City, Buffalo. They did some, some great things that way. But when it comes to teams that are dominant, like like a 49ers team running the football and just being physical. Now you're seeing signs that the Eagles want to get back to the six eligibles and and, mm-hmm. and the physical play that they had. Maybe Jalen running the ball more, but he can't because he's hurt, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like they're tinkering for this formula that that can work against a team like Dallas uh, on the road. Dallas is playing spectacular football right now. I, I guess the only play for me would be to take the points uh, and do something with it uh, if I wanted to or – uh, I, I can't play totals because I don't know how to do totals. Uh, that's just being oh, candid. Not, that's just being what a candid. Crutch that is for you. No, it, it is a crutch. That's such a crutch. You should see the size. I don't, I don't, of I don't bet totals crutch. either. So <laughs> see, I, I know, yeah. right? Never? No, no. Shutting no, no. um, yourself off. Maybe ninety percent of sports. <laughs> in-game totals, though. I'll no, you, but I, not pre-flop. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I, this is an intriguing game to me. I mean, I think it's a possession game. I, I, I think it's a possession game, uh, and you know, it's intriguing to take the points here. We talk about the future market for the NFC East. And Dallas wins, right? They they have the equal 10 and 3. Mm-hmm. The head-to-head's equal. They both have one division loss to each other. They probably won't lose in the division, so that won't be the... T- is the next tiebreak conference record? Yeah. I mean, and the problem is Dallas lost to Arizona and they lost to the Jets. Yep. So the Eagles still hold the inside track to win in the East. And the Cowboys have a much more difficult yeah, schedule, schedule than the Eagles yeah. have down the yeah. stretch. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why it's difficult to like play Dallas at plus 380, even though like they would temporarily, if they win this game, jump into first place, but Philadelphia at the end of the season would go ahead and best them if they do have the same record, which is, I mean, Eagles will probably have a better record than the Cowboys at the end of the season. Like the win total market's telling you that right now, Eagles 13 and a half, the Cowboys sitting at 12 and a half here. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I get annoyed with the conversation, but I've, I'm kind of leaning into it of the Dallas hasn't beaten anyone good. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think like winning games in the NFL is hard. I mean, you could speak to that. Yeah. Like, like no win is just like cakewalk city, like sometimes in college football where it's like, hey, we're playing some directional school. This is like a bye game. We're going to go ahead and win. The NFL is much more difficult than that. But with that being said, the Cowboys still the teams that they've beaten haven't been the upper echelon this year in the NFL. And I would it's almost like this, this bet for me is kind of like the Cowboys have to prove it to me mm. that, they, that they can go ahead and do this and win by margin against a team that has a lot of pedigree, a lot of talent and a team that's coming off a really embarrassing loss and is motivated to kind of get back on the right track. Like, I think this is a field goal game. Either way, I took the three and a half here. It's still out there. I think that's good to bet it. But I just want Dallas to go ahead and prove this to me that they can actually do this against upper echelon competition. Well, I mean, the Rams are not an awful team. No. Seattle's but not an awful team. Card. They beat 
Seattle's not an awful team, right? I mean, they they beat the they're, middle teams. They're not on Philadelphia's level, though. Which is like that. Those but, are the teams that the Cowboys have to beat to get to where they want to go. If Dallas won this game 34-24, would you, you say you were very surprised by the result? Not surprised, but I want them to prove it to me. Like, they haven't done, they haven't shown that they can do that. If they won 34-24, I would be surprised. You'd, You'd be, be surprised. surprised. Would be. Yeah. You'd be surprised the by the, that they scored 34? No, that they beat them by 10 points. I would be surprised really? so by you're, that. Yeah. So, are you teasing the Eagles up? Say, the are syndicate. you taking three and a half? It looks like yeah, you have I'm a take, strong I, opinion. Yeah, I do have a strong opinion. Syndicate? <laughs> syndicate, for sure. I mean, it's a possession game. I, I, you know, the thing about Dallas is they've evolved. Like, Earlier in the season against San Francisco, no, not that, that, that Cowboys team. Burn the tapes. Right, right. But now they found Ferguson. They, they found um, uh, ways to use Lamb. You know, Dak Prescott's playing better than he has been in a number of years. Uh, McCarthy is calling a decent game. He's <laughs> coaching decisions aside and all that, right? But uh, now defensively, They've been, I'll use the word again, leaky, though. They've been they've yeah. been different, right? And, okay, what's going on with that? Like, cer- certainly the personnel's different. Um, but, you know, they, they take advantage of opportunities, whether it's getting turnovers or not. Uh, but offensively, yeah, I mean, the way that Dallas has evolved, they're going to score points. And the thing about Philly is I know that they're tinkering, but yet they are explosive, too. And I think they can create that. So, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if they lose by 10, if they lost by 10. I'd be surprised if they lost by four. That's why teaser kind of comes into <laughs> play there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the three and a half too. But, I mean, you can do more things with, with, yeah. with the points. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the point about Dallas's defense. Like Washington, they were able on Thanksgiving, they moved the football game kind of got away from them a little bit yeah. but they found some success and obviously Seattle what they did last Thursday night like a lot of success DK Metcalf had, had a really big game with three touchdowns so mm-hmm. I, AJ Brown Devontae Smith Dallas Goddard's coming back here as yeah. well for the Philadelphia Eagles that's a tough team to defend and we got to see the Dallas defense go ahead and do it because they haven't done it well they have to late. be disruptive they, that, yeah. that's their key Let's talk about the defensive player yeah. of the year. And well, MVP. Micah Parsons maybe can make well, a big splash. Well, Micah uh-huh. and Dak in the MVP Dak? cover. We'll yeah. start with defensive, though. I think there's betting opportunities here just because I don't think that Micah Parsons fits the profile of a defensive player of the year. He, the, the criteria are either you lead the league in sacks, you lead the league in tackles for loss. You, he, he doesn't fit it in those categories. Um I, I know uh, you, when you think about Garrett and Watt, now's might not be the time to jump in on these guys as the second and third choice. It's a little shaky. But I think you can kind of keep an eye on this market. I think 120 is a way too low of a price on him mm-hmm. right now. No, I agree. Thoughts. I agree. I, I think this market should resemble what the MVP market resembles. Like they're all a three to one yeah. or so. Yeah. Like, like I don't think I don't. And now I get it. Like the market's telling you, hey, these are the three guys who are going to win. And I guess I would agree with that since we talked about it during the break. Like this is sort of a reputation award. And Parsons, Garrett, Watt have like the sterling reputations among the guys who are like being considered for this award. So they kind of have that leg up. But I agree with you. Like Parsons. His numbers have been really good, but they haven't been like defensive player of the year good, at least like the traditional numbers. All of his advanced stuff, like the pass rush win rate, the, all that stuff has been like elite. But the voting block doesn't really look at that. So they look at sacks. And Parsons right now is like sixth in the NFL in sacks. He's not at number one. Mm-hmm. So. so would it be wide open for you then? I mean, would you go further down on the board? Like Hunter sitting there, he's almost a sack leader right now. Um, I'd bet Garrett Okay. if I had to bet right now. That's why I think, like, and it's not even like the sexiest bet, but that's why I think is ultimately going to win the award. Okay. 
Hoping that he he gets that healthy he can, and finishes he finish, strong, right? That he can finish the season, yeah. How about on the MVP side? Elliott goes eight deep here from McCaffrey, from Purdy, the favorite, and then Hurts, Prescott, Tua, Mahomes, Jackson, and then Tyreek and, and, and McCaffrey at 16-1. to one. Could any of these eight guys win it? Or would you draw a line through any of them and say, I can safely say if I'm looking at this from a betting market, I'm going to draw a line through. Let's bring out the pen and start drawing right. some lines. Well, you got a few. <laughs> I got a few. All right, good. We're drawing a line through Tua. I don't think he can win. Because of Hill. Because, because Hill's of Hill. the, the dominant. Okay. Everyone, when they talk yep. about the Dolphins, they talk about Hill. Okay. I'm drawing a line through the reigning defending MVP, Patrick That's Mahomes. Okay. I don't think he can win anymore. And I'm going to draw a line through Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he can win. I think Lamar's still alive. Slightly. Uh, I, think he's, I, think, I think he has a slight chance, but he's still alive. We're not drawing lines through him. But, but your I boy Dak. He's got a big opportunity Sunday. He does if on they, the national stage. If they win, you get that Collinsworth bump. <laughs> he starts talking. <laughs> uh, you know, he starts doing his thing like, ah, Dak is playing like the best quarterback. Like that, if Dak plays well, I think we wake up Monday morning, Dak is the favorite to win MVP. Do you hold the fact that 16 out of the last 17 MVPs came from a one or a two seed in a conference? I think that factors, that factors right? in. I mean, th- to me, because oh. that's why I'm talking about the argument, can they win the East? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask, let me throw a, a wrench in everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, the best player on the best team. We're about Christian McCaffrey. He already drew the line. <laughs> well, that causes a discussion. Well, Rich hasn't when drawn the line. Draw draw line. Draw line. Why would you draw a line it? on a guy who's accounted for 40% of the scoring for the best offense? And Well, not the best offense, but well, I, I can make an argument. It's pretty good from trying to be the best offense. But And then also a guy, well, he's got 18 touchdowns right now, total touchdowns. And he's got, what, five games to go? Yeah. The reason why I draw the line the reason why I draw the line is because I don't think he's going to be seen as the best non-quarterback this season. Like that's going to be Tyreek Hill. To where it's, I think it's going to be difficult. Offensive player of the year though for Tyreek. I, I mean, typically a receiver, right? I, I mean, mean, I think Tyreek might win both. Your mentor says it's Hill. Lombardi I, says it's it's Hill. He changes I, the game. I think sixteen to one is actually a pretty good bet for Tyreek. Yeah. No Calvin Johnson. No. Jerry Rice, no Randy Moss, no Cooper <laughs> Cup, no receivers. Crack, Cooper Cooper did, did they ever None go, of them. Did they, did they ever go 2K? Calvin almost did. We'll be back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. 
So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The most wonderful time of the year can also be the most stressful time of the year when it comes to finding the perfect gift for the ones who matter most. But fortunately, our friends over at Omaha Steaks, this is convenient and thoughtful gift is guaranteed to delight every single person on your gift list every single time. You go to omahasteaks.com, you save 50% off site-wide when you use promo code VEASAN at checkout and get an additional $30 off your order. I mean, you can talk about the burgers, the fillets, whatever you want. They got it at Omaha Steaks. Once again, 50 percent off site wide plus promo code VEASAN check out you get an extra $30 off of your order minimum order may be required that whenever I do that read gentlemen that just <laughs> makes me hungry it just makes <laughs> <Yes>. me hungry <laughs> this is the Lombardi line Femi Abebefe Mike Paul Mike Pritchard hanging out in the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas and joining us now to help us start getting ready for the college football slate here and before we get into the bowl games uh, this is Michael Calabrese college football betting analyst for the Action Network before we get to the bowl games and we appreciate you joining us here, Michael. We got to talk about the CFP because you're a Florida State alum. And uh, uh, a birdie has been telling me during uh, the break that you believe the committee made the right choice, leaving your Seminoles and that defense out of the playoff and taking Bama and Texas. Well, first of all, let me clarify. I'm not a Florida State alum, but I am a Florida State fan. That was the first team I fell in love with, the Charlie Ward Seminoles. But more importantly, my biggest preseason bet of the entire offseason was betting Florida State to win the national championship. So I had skin in the game. This wasn't a hypothetical conversation or academic argument. It's pretty simple in in my opinion. And it's if this was a Schroeder's cat situation where we didn't know what Florida State looked like offensively without Travis Jordan, Jordan Travis, I should say, then I think you could have made an argument that anything could have happened with a backup quarterback. But because we got to see both quarterbacks, their second and third string, and saw their significant limitations on that side of the ball. I think the committee did the difficult thing, and in the end, I think they did the right thing by leaving them out and leaving them ranked fifth. Because the other side of this coin that people don't want to really discuss is who's the major beneficiary of Florida State getting in over Alabama? It would be Michigan. All of a sudden, instead of them having a coin flip game in the semifinal, they're favored by you know double digits. So while I do think there's plenty of controversy and there's plenty of different ways to argue this, whereas if Florida State had been the fourth team, I wouldn't think it would have been this you know grand travesty and that Alabama had been jobbed. But the fact of the matter is they put the four best teams today into the field. And this argument that there's no way to tell, there's there's no way to know what's going to happen. That's true. Florida State could play and win a rock fight against Michigan. That absolutely could happen. But I think it's on the committee to put in the best teams at this point in the season. And it's in their language that they can take into account the availability of coaches and key players. And it also cuts the other way. If they had lost one game without their starting quarterback, but he was then healthy at the end of the year, they can put that in their favor and basically say they're a stronger team by end of year as mm-hmm. opposed to a weaker team. So all this being said, I think they made the right choice. And Florida, Florida State and college football is, you know, they're going to be at, at odds forever over this. But that's really what college football is all about. It's about the controversy. Yeah, I hear you, Michael. But you know, the thing about it <laughs> is, you know, they can never get it right because there's five major conferences. How are they going to get four teams from five major? What if everybody went undefeated in major conferences? How are you going to decide on just four teams, right? But but I, I guess what I wanted to ask you is from a betting standpoint, and, and here's why I keep hearing people saying it got it right, is because we got the odds kind of indicating that. 
right? You know, and, and I, just from your opinion, I guess, do you think college football is moving in that direction in which the appearances of certainly certain matchups, but we're going to have the major playoff. We're not going to have to have to deal with that anymore. But mm-hmm. in terms of moving forward with, with scheduling and everything like that, do you think college football is, is so conscious of what is going on in the betting community? I think it is, but also I'll say this Norvell and his coaching staff must have known that they were basically on the chopping block in that ACC title game because it happened before it happened in the very first year of the 14 playoff. You had Ohio state, JT Barrett goes down. Urban Meyer and his staff knew not only did they need to win the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, it needed to be an offensive showcase to eliminate any doubt that they could play at a very high level with the backup quarterback. They won that game 59-0. So it was there for Florida State, and I, I believe I was telling everyone that I knew because they knew how invested I was in Florida State winning national title. I said, they're going to have to score 30-plus points in this game. They're going to have to do it on offense. The defense is great, and certainly if they were to have made it to the semifinals, the defense would have made it competitive, but they needed to show the committee that it was okay to put them in with a backup quarterback, and unfortunately, they just didn't. They were stuck in the mud for that entire first half, and all of their offensive you know, points came off of decent field position. So Florida State in general, I still think had an opportunity to do it, and that's the part I bristle at where people say they did everything they were asked to do. They won all their games, that's true, but they had to know internally that they were asked to look better on offense in that last game and they couldn't do it. Michael, let's say we accept your argument that Alabama is better than than Florida State. Why is Texas better than Georgia if they really want the best four teams? Well, I think this is a good point and kind of what, you know, the panel in general is talking about, that there's going to be years where there are five worthy teams in four slots, and there's going to be years where there's eight worthy teams in four slots. But also, I think back to the 2019 season where LSU was dominating everybody, and you had that great semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State. There were really three good teams that year. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, they had to put Oklahoma, they get fed into the wood chipper, and they get crushed in that semifinal, because the, the playoff in a perfect scenario would be be able to vacillate between you know two to ten to twelve teams based on who was worthy and who could make a compelling argument. I agree. I think there's like six or seven teams that could make an argument this year that if everything went right, they could win multiple playoff games and win the national title. But I think that's a part of what makes college football special is that we put so much scrutiny on the regular season. And at the end of the day, I still think Florida State they got snake bit by bad luck. Yes, the committee is the one that has to you know, face this, and they did an awful job. They need to hire a press secretary. Everything that they said didn't really add up in terms of consistency. But at the end, they needed a villain. They needed somebody to select them because the real villain was just the injury luck, you know, losing their quarterback against North Alabama. Yeah, I think my favorite line of the whole broadcast was, like, well, this doesn't take away anything of what Florida State did all season when it literally takes away their chance to potentially win a national <laughs> title. It's like, hey, guys, you had a hell of a year, but see you later. We're speaking with Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. All right, Michael, let's get into your plays for the bowl season, starting with the Independence Bowl between Cal and Texas Tech. Uh, how do you see this one kind of playing out here later on um, next week? All right, I set the table with the playoff committee having to take into account opt-outs and player injuries and everything else. That's all that these minor bowl games are about. You need to do your homework. You need to go online. You need to go on Twitter and find out who's available and who's not. Because in this game, I like Cal as an underdog to win outright because Texas Tech is about two of their starting wide receivers, both in the portal, Miles Price and uh, Bradley out wide. They're starting left tackle out. Their backup left tackle out. Tyler Shuck also in the portal. He's gone. Their best defensive player had surgery a couple weeks ago on the defensive line. He's gone. 
So when I look at that, I think there's a chance too that Taj Brooks, their star running back, is going to read the room and say, for who, for what? I'm going to pack my stuff and go start working out for the NFL draft. Where on the other side, Justin Wilcox just saved his job in Berkeley. They were going to fire this guy if he didn't get to a bowl game. They win their last three games of the season. Fernando Mendoza is starting quarterback for all three of those, completing over 65% of his passes during that win streak. He also almost upset USC at home. I think Cal is the better team here by virtue of the players that are actually going to see the field and not kind of an overview of the entire season. So I think Joey McGuire's team that started with kind of like, I guess, dark horse aspirations in the big 12, this is a big, you know, come down to play against a six and six Cal team in the independence bowl. I'll take the more motivated team here. Yeah. Motivation is, is going to be the key here. I, I think uh, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it because as a player, when we played in the freedom bowl in LA, we just wanted to party, <laughs> but we go into the orange bowl. Obviously you're motivated to win a national championship, but I guess it gets to the next game because air force uh, against James Madison. I, I mean, what are you seeing in that one to kind of lean towards air force? So James Madison had to play the regular season as though those were going to be their only games that were guaranteed. And you saw it in their regular season finale. They played absolutely perfect football. They win in a blowout. Since then, head coach Kirk Signetti out goes to Indiana. Now Jordan McLeod is in the portal. He may play. He may not. They have five starters in total in the portal, three more contributors. They just don't know what to do right now because they don't have a captain of the ship at this point up against Air Force that has a big donut hole in the opt out and portal column. Air Force, you know, as per usual, people don't just come and go on a turnstile there. So on top of everything else, Zach Larry or their starting quarterback may return as well as two key receivers, Dane Kinnaman and Jared Rosnos. So if they get all three of those guys, I love Air Force to win this one outright. And a little nugget, service academies and bowls in the last 20 years, 23 and 10 straight up. That's 70 mm. percent win percentage there. So I really like taking a service academy here. Like the sound of that, Michael, yeah. we got about 45 seconds left. Boca Raton Bowl, Syracuse, South Florida. Looks like you're going with another dog here. I'm going with the dogging with the Bulls plus 140. Dino Babers out and Nunzio Campanelli, another Italiano. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to back him in this spot. And even though the portal and opt outs have been pretty quiet in this game, I think USF has just a lot more to offer. Alex Golish comes over from Tennessee after putting together a really explosive offense with Hendon Hooker two years ago. He sprinkles his magic all over this Bulls offense. They go to 29th in explosiveness. And if you watch one underclassman during bowl season, particularly in the minor bowls, watch Byron Brown, the quarterback for USF, 3,000 yards passing, 750 rushing, 34 total TDs, four games with four more touchdowns. I think he's going to run all over this Syracuse defense and get it done as a plus 140 underdog. All right. Here's Michael Calabrese. Check him out over at the Action Network College Wall Betting Analyst. Michael, we appreciate the bets as always. Be well and good luck with him. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All right. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.